Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. So today I want to talk about three basic stages for developing compassion, for developing love and compassion, three basic stages. And I'm going to describe what those stages are, and we may just talk about the first one today. We'll see. But the stages are, one, equalizing ourselves with others, two, exchanging ourselves with others, and three, cherishing others more than ourselves. And Tonglen is a meditation practice that really helps us do this. And I would argue that metta practice is something that really helps us do this too. And I'll talk more about those practices later. But right now, I want to read to you a passage from The Power of Mind by Kentral Lodrote. And so I'm just going to read to you this passage. There's, and I quote, there's a simple example used to illustrate the progression from equalizing oneself with others to exchanging oneself with others. Imagine two people walking together on a road. One person is wearing shoes and the other person is barefoot. The person with shoes feels bad for her companion's suffering, so she offers him one of her shoes. Now, each has one foot with a shoe, which is pain-free, and one foot that is bare, which is painful. So their happiness and suffering are equal. If the traveler with the shoes was a practitioner who trained in exchanging her happiness for the suffering of others, she would give both her shoes to the other person and endure the difficulty of walking barefoot by herself. This practice can sound daunting, We might think it sounds too difficult to see others as equally important as ourselves, let alone to hold them as even more important, but it's true. It would be difficult to act like that right now, but that's because it isn't realistic right now. We always train within our capacity. Sometimes when we're doing our best, we may stretch to the limit, but we shouldn't step beyond that point. This practice is meant to be done within our comfort zone, and then with training, our capacity grows. We engage in formal and informal training in bodhicitta, and slowly but surely, we will achieve our ultimate goal. So, we're talking about these things, equalizing ourselves with others, exchanging ourselves with others, and cherishing others more than ourselves, and we have to start with equalizing ourselves and others. That's the foundation. So that is the stage that comes first. We have to learn how to see other people as important, just like we're important. And it's easy to see that intellectually, like, yeah, other people matter. But it's a little bit trickier to really intuitively, to really intuitively live that way. So that's what equalizing ourselves with others, the first stage is about viewing others as just as important as we are. Every person, every being 
Every one of us wants happiness and no one wants to suffer. From that perspective, we can recognize that we are all, we're all the same. We can hopefully learn how to empathize with other people. Sometimes I like to say uh, we are living life like we're in a burning house together and instead of working together to get out, we're arguing about the furniture or something, right? We get caught up with nonsense and the truth is we're all facing death. We're all getting older. We're all losing things we care about. We're all in this world of suffering together. We are all going to die, all of us. And that could bring us together. That could make us love each other, but it doesn't. Instead, we're torn up. We're torn up by trivial things sometimes. And we push against each other and we make enemies out of each other and out of the world, out of the whole world sometimes. And when we're training our minds, when we train in equalizing self and others, then we can learn to see that we have so much in common with all other human beings. Everyone has a need to find happiness and freedom from suffering. Everyone has that. And we have a lot more in common with all other people than we have that divides us. That's a, that's a tough thing to think about because the divisions are so focused, so pointed to. So in this way, cultivating empathy leads us to the awakened heart, bodhicitta. Right now, we focus on our own needs and happiness, maybe the needs and happiness of our family and our loved ones, maybe not, and we feel aversion if anything gets in the way of our happiness, even marginally. I have the experience where I'm driving and I'm pretty irritated if the people in front of me are slow. I'm pretty irritated and that's aversion. I'm averse to this getting in the way of my, it's not even my happiness. It's just my trying to get through a car ride. You know, I'm averse to that. So I'm going to read to you a quote from The Power of Mind by Kentrell Lodrote that sort of helps us illustrate this. And I quote, How can we hold everyone's welfare in mind without bias? Start by recognizing that everyone wants the same thing. We want happiness for ourselves. That is our first thought in every situation. Then we engage in physical and verbal actions motivated by our desire for happiness. We need to recognize that just as this is the case for us, it is the case for all living beings. With training, we will eventually see there is no difference between our own happiness and the happiness of everyone else. As much as we work for our own happiness, we will work to bring happiness to others. One effective way to train in equalizing ourselves with others is to meditate on the four immeasurables. These are immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion, immeasurable rejoicing, and immeasurable equalness. So the four immeasurables. I usually hear these described as uh, kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity is the common way 
to describe the four immeasurables. They are four things. They're called immeasurable because there's no, there's no limit to how much of these things we can cultivate and no limit to how they can help us. No limit to how they can help us. And so uh, he uses the term love instead of kindness or sometimes loving kindness is used. Um, and he uses the word love instead. And I, I approve of that. And he uses rejoicing instead of joy. That's the same thing. And equalness instead of equanimity. I think equalness, maybe not everybody knows the word equanimity, right? So maybe equalness uh, helps a little bit with just defining the term, helping us understand what it means. So I'm going to talk about each one of these, the four immeasurables. These are, these are things that we, we cultivate that help us to have empathy and to have uh, general feelings of well-being instead of just getting, getting torn up by trivial things as we often do. Okay? So first we're going to talk about – I'm going to define the terms in one order and then I'm going to go into detail in another order because that's what he does in the book and that's okay. It's no problem. So uh, first of all, love and compassion. We, would, might, we might think what's – What's the difference? Okay. So when we talk about love, which is sometimes, again, sometimes it's translated as loving kindness and sometimes just kindness and sometimes loving friendliness, which I think is maybe the hardest one to wrap our heads around. But he just, uh, Kentrell Lodrote just keeps it simple and just calls it love. Okay. And what is love? In this context, love is wanting others to be happy and to have the causes of happiness. So if it's a measurable love, and I um, I prefer the term boundless to immeasurable, but I think a lot of people like the term immeasurable. And that's, and that's fine. That's just my own preference. But love, that word that's getting translated as love or loving kindness is meta, M-E-T-T-A. And you've heard that word, I'm certain. Well, if you've studied Buddhism some, you've heard that word. Why would I say I'm certain like that? If you've studied Buddhism some, you've probably heard the word metta. There's a very famous text called the Metta Sutta, and it's a quality that, that really gets talked about a lot. So that's love. So what's different about compassion? Compassion, while love is wanting people to have happiness and the causes of happiness, compassion is wanting people to suffer less. And these are immeasurable when we're able to extend it to, to everyone, okay? That's something to keep in mind. These are immeasurable when, they're able, when we're able to extend it to everyone. So it's easy for me to want myself not to suffer, and it's easy for me to want my wife and my kids not to suffer, right? But when we're talking about immeasurable compassion, we're talking about no one gets left out of our heart here. In boundless compassion, no one gets left out of our heart. We don't want anyone to suffer, okay? So that's, that's something to think about. So... Love and compassion, I think, are our true nature, and we can work, work to nourish and strengthen these, and in this way, widen our circle to include more and more people. And that, I almost forgot to tell you, the original word for compassion that we're translating as compassion is karuna, K-A-R-U-N-A, okay? So next, we'll move on to uh, what we're calling rejoicing. The original word is mudita, M-U-D-I-T-A. And I have seen this translated as joy and as sympathetic 
joy. And I think sympathetic joy just does the most, if we know what that word sympathetic means, it does the most to explain to us what, what this is. We are talking about taking happiness in the success of others or taking happiness in the happiness of others. And we, I think, all have, we all have some knowledge of this. So when my daughter passed her test to get her learner's permit so she could start practicing driving, I was really happy for her. I was really happy for her. And when my wife got a promotion at work, I was really happy for her, right? And a lot of the time in life, we will say to people, oh, I'm happy for you. But, you know, in the back of our mind somewhere, we're thinking, okay, but where's mine, right? I'd, I'd rather be happy for me. Um, and it takes a lot to admit that even to ourselves, but we think that way sometimes. And it often is only the people we're closest to that we can really be happy for them. So when we're talking about immeasurable rejoicing or immeasurable joy, we're talking about expanding that circle because if I can be happy at any person's success, then there's a lot of happiness I can find in this world. If it can really make me happy when you get a promotion and I don't even know you, well, that's a, that's a big deal. I can find a lot of well-being and happiness there, a whole lot, right? So finally, uh, immeasurable equalness. And this is usually translated as equanimity. This is actually the first time I've ever seen it translated as equalness. And I think but I think equalness, that's an okay word to use because a lot of people don't know what equanimity means. And a lot of people, like, when they see a word like that, they check out. And hopefully equalness doesn't cause them to do that. But the original word we're translating is upeka. It's the hardest one to spell. It's U-P-P-E-K-H-A, upeka. And so that is where we're practicing to have a calm and even mind. Why? Because things are going to happen. Things are going to happen that will hurt us. And equanimity is that quality that helps us keep it together and not fall apart when things get hard. That is what equanimity is or equalness. That's what it is. So when we don't get what we want and we freak out or we fixate on it, we're obsessed with it. Well, that's not having equanimity. And so when we talk about immeasurable equanimity, it's a little bit, or immeasurable equalness. Um, it's a little bit different from the other three because it's, it's facing, we want to learn how to face everything. Face everything and not fall apart. Not get torn up, even when horrifying things happen to us. Not get torn up. We want to cultivate that mind, that mind of equanimity, which I define as, right now it's like this, what can I do? Right now, it's like this. What can I do? Instead of our ordinary thinking, which is when something goes wrong, we think, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me, right? Right now, it's like this. What can I do? We can learn how to do that. I believe we can learn how to do that. So I'm going to um, read to you some more uh, from the book. I'm going to read to you how, how Kendra Lodrote defines each of these, okay? And he... The order is usually love, compassion, rejoicing, and equalness. And he has changed the order in here. Because 
he thinks equalness is what we really need as a foundation of these other things. Okay. So he says, and I quote, focusing on immeasurable equalness enables us to transform our prejudiced minds, which are attached to some beings and averse to others. If we don't begin to view everyone equally, we won't be able to cultivate immeasurable compassion, love, or rejoicing them. So because of that, he sees this as foundational. And I don't, I don't disagree. We label people and we believe the labels. Friend, enemy, good person, bad person, fool, wise person, right? These designations, though, these labels don't last forever, but we think they do. First can later be last, you know? An enemy can become a friend. A friend can become an enemy. We have seen this in our lives. And what we want to learn to realize is that all beings deserve our compassion and care. So equalness, uh, Kentrell Lodrote says, and I quote, enables us to transform our prejudiced minds, which are attached to some beings and averse to others. And... That's what, it can help us to think that way. So here's what he says about immeasurable love. And I quote, it, and I quote, embraces the welfare of all sentient beings whose numbers are uncountable. Its aim is not limited to one situation such as wanting happiness for someone in their relationship or in their job, but wanting them to have complete happiness, temporary and ultimate. That's what it's about. And again, we want to spread that as widely as we can. So on immeasurable compassion, he says, and I quote, to cultivate immeasurable compassion, focusing on the suffering and unhappiness of beings. See how no one wants to suffer and yet everyone is engaging in the causes of suffering. That's what he says about immeasurable compassion. And then on immeasurable rejoicing, he says, and I quote, to cultivate immeasurable rejoicing, focus on the happiness, good fortune, prosperity, and success of others. Be sure to include the causes of happiness too, such as positive actions, virtue, and merit. Since by now we have already embraced the welfare of all beings, and since we already love them, it should be easy to celebrate their good fortune. End quote. So those are the four immeasurables, and that's how he talks about them. And I hope this talk has been helpful. Have a good day. So here are some guided reflections on the four immeasurables. And these come from The, the Power of Mind by Kentrell Lodrote. And I want you to just sit and be quiet and close your eyes and just reflect on these reflections. So we'll start with immeasurable equalness. Imagine your loved ones to your right, enemies to the left, and all the rest of sentient beings who you don't know in front of you.
Notice the attachment, aversion, and neutrality. Reflect on how attachment and aversion are the sources of all disturbing emotions and harmful actions. And think about the changeable nature of these relationship designations. Relate this to your own experiences and observations of everyone in the world around you. Each time you recognize attachment or aversion in your own or others' minds, make this aspiration. May all beings abide in immeasurable equalness, free from attachment and aversion. May all beings abide in immeasurable equalness, free from attachment and aversion. Let go and rest for a moment before continuing. Then, shift your focus to different people and classes of beings in order to embrace all beings with this intention until it expands immeasurably in your mind. Next is immeasurable love or immeasurable loving kindness. Again, keep your eyes closed. Start with someone close to you, such as a parent or child, and contemplate how they want happiness, yet often experience unhappiness. Notice what kinds of actions they are taking to produce future happiness. Then, when you see how they lack happiness or the causes for happiness, make the aspiration, may they find happiness and the causes of happiness. May they find happiness and the causes of happiness. Let go and rest for a moment. Then expand your focus to any or all of your other loved ones and repeat, may they find happiness and the causes for happiness. Alternate between different groups of people or species of beings. 
Consider those for whom you feel attachment, aversion, or neutrality. Repeat the aspiration for them. May they find happiness and the causes of happiness. Mentally repeat this for each group of beings until finally you embrace all beings in the universe with the aspiration that they each find happiness and the causes of happiness. Now we'll move to immeasurable compassion. Start with someone close to you, such as their parent or child, and contemplate how each being suffers and creates the causes of suffering. And at each step, until you feel compassion toward each being, make the aspiration. May they be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May they be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. Let go and rest for a moment. Gradually expand your focus until you embrace everyone in the universe with the wish. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. And next we'll move on to immeasurable rejoicing. So start with someone close to you, such as a parent or child, And focus on the favorable conditions that people experience. Their positive qualities, good relationships, abundance of food, material wealth, good health, education, success, and opportunities. Don't forget to include their positive actions. Be creative and be specific. The sky is the limit when it comes to rejoicing in the good fortune of others. Shift your focus from specific individuals, then move to groups of people and other beings as with the prior practices. 
With each contemplation, make the aspiration. May they never be separate from such happiness. May their happiness continually increase. May they never be separate from such happiness. May their happiness continually increase. And rest in that for a moment. And now I want to encourage you to do a dedication of merit. And you can do this or not do it as you wish. But I'm going to do it and I'm going to repeat it slowly so that if you want to do it with me, you can. I dedicate the merit of this practice on the four immeasurables to all beings that they may be freed from suffering and attain both temporary and ultimate happiness. I dedicate the merit of this practice on the four immeasurables to all beings that they may be freed from suffering and attain both temporary and ultimate happiness. May all beings, equal in extent to space, have happiness and the causes of happiness. May they be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May they never be separate from supreme happiness without suffering. May their minds abide continuously in the immeasurable equalness, free from the bias of attachment and aversion. So after these guided meditations in the book, um, Kendra Lodrote, he goes on to talk about how we can practice it informally throughout our day in a section he calls Off the Cushion. And I'm just going to read this to you as well. And I quote, For the informal practice of immeasurable equalness, throughout the day, focus on becoming aware of the attachment and aversion in yourself and others. Notice how, when we are motivated by attachment or aversion, we are more likely to treat others unequally and to produce the causes of suffering for ourselves and others. Each time you notice attachment or aversion, make the aspiration, may they and all beings be free from attachment and aversion. Make the practice more personal and relevant by changing the aspiration that you repeat to make it more specific for each situation you encounter. For the informal practice of immeasurable love throughout the day, focus on how each being in every situation just wants happiness. Notice when they aren't happy or when they are not creating the causes that produce happiness. Each time generate love and kindness, making the aspiration, may they and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. For the informal practice of immeasurable compassion, Throughout the day, focus on the way in which each being suffers or in, is engaging in actions that will result in future suffering. Each time you notice this, generate compassion by making the aspiration. May they and all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. 
And for the informal practice of immeasurable rejoicing, throughout the day, focus on the good fortune that other people experience, especially the qualities and possessions you most admire and desire. When you notice someone else has something positive or is experiencing happiness, rejoice by making the aspiration, may they never be separate from such a happiness. May it always increase. So, um, that is it for today. I just wanted to read those readings to you. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.